because it doesn't matter. I got a city prepared for me, a place, a home prepared for me. One day I'm going to be there. And that's where I'm going to dwell. And there will be no more tears. There will be no more crying. There will be no more of this pain and suffering. Hallelujah. And we talked about Moses, who was our, our hero of faith, that he overcame the, the laws of man when his parents disobeyed the, the king and they, they kept their son alive. And then he overcame sin because he, he didn't want the things of this world and he wanted God. I love that song, you know, give me Jesus. Take all these other things, take everything else, but give me Jesus. And that's where Moses was. He just wanted God. I just want God. I want what God wants for my life. I don't need all this other stuff. And then he believed God for the ridiculous, the crazy things. Man, he just believed God. When God said it, he believed it, and he acted on it. You know what I mean? Sometimes God will speak crazy stuff to us, and we don't act on it. Moses acted on it. He said, throw down your staff. He threw down his staff. He said, pick it back up. I'd have said, uh... It's a snake, God. But he picked it back up. I mean, there's sometimes it's just crazy. But we got to act on it. We got to believe God is going to be there in the midst of it. We talked about Joshua and Rahab. Oh, man. Joshua, how he, he didn't care about Joshua's background, his talents, his abilities, his upbringing, his family history, his experience, none of that mattered. God wanted a man who would obey him. And Joshua said, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll step up into this place. He took one of the most difficult jobs that would, was ever given to somebody to step into a role of leading millions of people in the desert into the promised land into battle a bunch of slaves he led into battle think about it and then Rahab who believed in a God that wasn't even her own trusted him to protect her and to keep her family and because of that this prostitute who was the lowest of low in her society and community became one of the most prominent women in the Bible ended up in the genealogy of Jesus. Wow. Man, when we have faith, God can do things that we never thought possible. And then last week, we finished out the chapter. In Hebrews eleven thirty two. 32, it says, and, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. All of these men and women of faith lived their lives looking for a promise that never came in their lifetime here on this earth. But they stayed steadfast in their faith. All of them stayed steadfast in their faith. So this brings us to the first few verses of Hebrews chapter 12. I want you to look there in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 this morning, as the writer of Hebrews, I believe, brings 
chapter 11 to a conclusion in chapter 12. He says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Wow. These last four verses, I believe, conclude everything that the writer of Hebrews was talking about in chapter 11. He told us about all these men and women of faith and all that they did and all that they believed God for. But then he says, you know what? There is a great cloud of witnesses now. This is my first point this morning. I, I want you to understand there is a great cloud of witnesses. All these men and women that he talked about in chapter 11 are this great cloud of witnesses. They are up there either saying, come on, or cut it out. Amen? I believe that they're watching us. They're looking down upon us. I, I believe that there are, there are a cloud of witnesses of people even from this church. I think of Gary Dirks and I think of Al Davis and Nancy Seagroves and, and those that have gone before. I think of Gammy. Oh, my sister Gammy. She is up there and she's saying, come on, come on, pastor. Preach it this morning. That's, a, that's the best message I've ever heard. I can hear her saying it now. Every message I ever preached was the best message she'd ever heard. And I believed her. <laughs> that's what kept me going. Because I had that great cloud of witnesses around me. I have those up there that are shouting those things. Come on, come on, you can do it. Come on, you can make it. We made it. Come on, you can do it. There's a great cloud of these witnesses of, of Abraham and, and Noah and Moses and, and all of these that are up there and they're saying, come on, have faith in God, trust in Him, believe in Him, do mighty things for Him. Don't get caught up in this world. It's not worth it. It should be such a great encouragement to us to know that Abel and Enoch and Noah and Moses and Abraham and all the others are standing up there just standing around encouraging us. Saying if we can make it, if we can stand in faith, you can do it too. You can do it. When it gets tough to stand, just remember that you have a great 
cloud of witnesses around you that are up there in your corner. They're believing in you. They're there for you. They want you to make it. They want you to succeed. They want you to stand in faith. They want you to be found faithful by the one in whom they trusted in. They didn't even have the promise. We have the promise today, folks. And yet so many times we get down in our faith and we get discouraged and we just think, I can't make it anymore. I can't do this anymore. God is up there and the great cloud of witnesses over him are saying, come on, yes you can. Yes, you can. Just believe. Just believe. Trust in me. And then he says this, the, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, he says, then lay aside every weight and sin. He said, because you've got these witnesses up there, because they're encouraging me, you, because you know that you're not of this world, because you know where you're headed, because of all these things, lay aside every weight and sin. I know sometimes that's easier said than done. I know that. They know that. That cloud of witnesses, they weren't perfect. You can look at every one of them, and not only did they give examples of them having great faith, but they also gave examples of them having great disaster. Sin and weights that beset them from time to time. But each one of them laid it aside and said, I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm not going to let it be a weight around my ankle and hold me from going where God wants me to go. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to lay it aside. I'm going to put it to the side, and I'm going to press forward. Many times we fall into sin because we think that no, we're all alone, and nobody is watching. That's how we fall into sin most of the time. We think nobody's going to know. But if we are to live our lives free from the weight and burden of sin, then we need to remember that somebody is always watching. That someone is always watching. Jesus said that he would never leave us or forsake us, and, and we think that's great when we are in need and need that comforting presence in our lives. But we like to forget that when we're being selfish and prideful. When we desire our own way, we like to forget, oh, well, Jesus, you can step over here to the side for a little bit. I want to be selfish now. I want to have my own way right now. I, I don't need you here right now. But Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's not only in the good times. That's not only when we're in faith, but that's when we're in folly. He's there. And not only him, but that great cloud of witnesses are there. I believe they're watching us. I believe they're with us and they're saying, come on. Or sometimes they're telling me, cut it out. Cut it out, 
dummy. Come on. Get back to the faith. Get back to where you need to be. Cut it out. You don't want to mess this up. This is a life journey and it's going somewhere. Lay it aside. Put that thing aside. Get rid of it. Stop it. So that you can make it to where we are. Some of them may look at me at time to time and say, you fool. I didn't even have the power of the Holy Spirit living in me and I stayed faithful to the Lord. What are you doing? Amen? I mean, they, they may look at me and go, come on. Come on. You have the power of God dwelling in you. That same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you. What are you doing? It's much easier to lay aside the sin in our lives when we are accountable. Folks, we need to make ourselves accountable to Jesus first and foremost, to that great cloud of witnesses that are around us, and to one another. Because when we become accountable, sin disappears. Because it's when we know somebody's watching, we're not going to do it. Sin is done in darkness. Amen? Laying aside our sin is a decision. Repentance is a decision. Repentance is a decision that we make that says, I turn from this. It's a decision. It's, it's not whether it has a hold on me. It's not what it's the scripture says, lay aside. It's not saying God will take it away. It says you lay it aside. You take hold of it and say no more. Amen? That's the decision. But as soon as we make that decision, God's power and His Spirit comes in and helps us to stay with that decision. But we got to make the decision, folks. We have to lay it aside. So we must remember the great cloud of witnesses that are around us and we must lay aside our sin. But then the third thing is, is that we must run with endurance the race that is set before us. We must run. Too many times we are sitting still in the spirit when we should be running. I see a church today Universal, that is sitting still. That's become stagnant. That's sitting and not running. Now, this isn't a physical running. This is a spiritual running. 
The battle we fight, the race that we run, is not in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. If you're not growing in spiritual depth every day, then you are decreasing in spiritual depth. If you're not growing in spiritual depth every day, if you are not having the power of the Spirit filling you, filling you up, then you are going down. We are like a vessel. We're like, we're like a bottle of water. If, if we let this bottle, if I take this cap off and let it sit here for a few days, this thing will go down. But if I come in every day and I keep pouring more in, it's going to stay right where it's supposed to be. But if you just let it set, it will disappear. And that's how our spiritual life is, folks. That's how it is. It, 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 it doesn't work just sitting around and being comfortable where we are. God never created us to sit still. The example that we have in the Old Testament is David with his sin with Bathsheba. You see, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it says, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle... That's an important statement. The time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbath. But David remained in Jerusalem. You see, in the time that David should have been in battle, he stayed home. In the time that you should have been in the prayer meeting, you stayed home. The time that you should have been in battle, you stayed on the couch. I'm too tired today. Now, I'm not just talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. David got lazy and didn't go out into battle, he stopped running the race. He stopped fighting the battle. And when he stopped fighting the battle and he remained in Jerusalem, that was then that he was tempted by a beautiful woman and he fell into sin. That if he had been in the battle, he never would have seen. He never would have seen her. He wouldn't have been tempted in that way if he had just been where he was supposed to be. I know this is in the physical, but it is definitely applying to our spiritual life. Folks, if we just sit still in our spiritual life, temptation is going to come. If we get comfortable or just downright lazy, then look out. Temptation's coming. And it's coming at you strong. And it's coming at you hard. The enemy of our soul wants that inroad. He wants that opportunity. He just says, slow down just a little bit. Just stop for a minute. You've done a lot. Oh, you've served so much over the years. You have time to just relax now. You've been to all these 
uh, services over the years. You've gone to Sunday school. You've gone to all these meetings. You've done Bible study all your life. You don't need to read all that now. Folks, if you ever let up, the temptation is right there. It says it's crouching at the door. Sin crouches at the door and waits. Waits for you to come home and sit on that couch. Boom, he's right there. We were never designed to sit still or to get out of the fight. Never. I know it's hard sometimes, and I, I have failed in this area as well. But here's the thing. Today is the time to rise up again and to get back in the fight. Today, right now, this minute, get back in the fight. If you let your prayer life down, start praying more today. Not tomorrow morning, not tomorrow afternoon, not some other time, but today. Right now, this moment, start it over again. Say, God, I'm getting in the battle. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight once again. I've become weary, but I'm going to fight. Repent of your sin and start running the race that God has set before you once again today. So we need to remember that we have this great crowd of witnesses. We need to lay aside our sin and we need to keep running the race. But number four, keep looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. Get your eyes fixed on Him. Get your eyes fixed on Him. What does it mean to be fixed on Him? It means get in a staring competition with Jesus. Stare Him down. Keep your eyes on Him. Don't look to the left or the right. Keep your eyes on Him. Stop looking around like David did. David slowed down, didn't go to battle, and all of a sudden he had time to look around. We've got to remember that when we look around, the devil will put something there. He wants you to see it. So he's going to make every opportunity for you to be able to see that. Remember this. Jesus is the founder of our faith. You don't seek him. He sought after you. You didn't first believe in him. He first believed in you. Think about it. He's the founder of our faith. He established it in us. So to maintain that belief, we must keep our eyes fixed on Him. That's the only way. It's it's a faith in Him. It's a faith of Him. It's a faith that, that He founded in us. And He is the one who will perfect it in us. I can't start in faith that God has given me and ended in my own faith. Amen? We aren't 
perfect yet. Amen? And won't be until that day that we stand before him. Where on that day, he will complete, he will perfect our faith. We are being perfected. We are being sanctified. We are being set free from sin. We are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are being all of these things and growing in Him as we keep our eyes fixed on Him. All these things are being perfected. But one day when we see Him, we will be like Him. He is the one helps me believe and the scriptures say this in, in Jude uh, verses 24 and 25 it says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time and now and forevermore amen he is able to keep us. He is able to keep us, folks. It's not a matter of, well, I just don't have much faith today. Jesus said all you need is a faith of a mustard seed, the grain of a mustard seed, which is basically almost unable to be seen by the human eye. He said that's all the faith you need because I'm going to give you all that you need. It's, it's, it's my faith that I'm going to give to you. He can keep us until that day. So remember, we have the great crowd of witnesses. We, we need to lay aside our sin. We need to keep running the race and keep our eyes on Jesus. But then, number five, remember what Jesus endured for you. Once we've done all these things, then it is time to remember what Jesus had to endure and to keep, and, and, and what he had to keep on struggling with and through while he was on this earth. What you have to endure in this life sometimes becomes overwhelming. I know that. Many of you are going through things right now that just seem overwhelming to you. But if we could stop and remember what Jesus had to endure, it would help us in the struggle. If we just stop looking at what we are having to go through, and we would remember what Jesus had to go through. We, we need to remember this, that, that most of what we endure and suffer in this life is of our own making. But Jesus loves us anyway. And he will keep us. And Jesus didn't deserve anything that he endured. All that he endured was because of us. And then need to remember this as the writer of Hebrews says you haven't suffered against sin to the point of shedding blood yet have you I know I haven't 
Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes you feel like, man, I have struggled against this thing and I want it gone. God, I need it gone in my life. I need this out of my life. I'm struggling against it. God, I need this out. I, I can't stand it anymore. I guarantee you all of us have not struggled against sin to the point of shedding blood. And so I believe the writer of Hebrews basically says, so suck it up, buttercup. And get back in the fight. Amen. Amen. He's like, look, come on. You haven't suffered the point of shedding blood yet. So just pull up your big boy britches or whatever you want to call it. And get on with it. Come on. Jesus endured all these things at the hands of sinners. And he didn't even deserve it. Most of what you're going through, you deserve. You put yourself there. So come on. Get back in the fight. Jesus will deliver. Jesus will heal. Jesus will restore. If you'll just get your eyes fixed on him, put away the sin, remember that you have the great cloud around you. Come on. I love the writer of Hebrews and how he wrote this and put this together. Joshua, if you'll go ahead and come at this time. He tells us all these stories of faith. He tells us about all these men and women and how they stood and how they believed God and how they trusted in Him. And he expresses how, how this all these men and women of faith are now this great cloud of witnesses around us. And they're looking down on us. I don't know about you, but man, when I've got people looking at me, I, I get a little nervous sometimes. I know you guys do because none of you want to get up here and do what I'm doing, right? Because you're nervous. You're afraid of getting up in front of people. You're getting afraid of, oh, I'm going to say something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'll, I'll do something and they'll laugh at me. Or We're all worried about whatever people are going to think. And Man, you know what? We need to remember that there's a great cloud of witnesses around us that are watching, that are looking. They're not looking to try to condemn us. They're not wanting to try to put us down. They're wanting to encourage us and keep us on the path and say, yes, you can. Come on, you can do it. They're saying, look, just, just lay aside that sin. Just lay aside the weight. You're carrying this thing and you're carrying it around with you and if you would just let go of it, life would be so much better. You just don't understand. We do. We're up here. We've been through that. We know. And man, it was so great when I was able to turn loose of that. David, when he, he prayed that prayer and he, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. David knows. Up there and he said, Come on. 
Come on. And do it too. I did it. And man, you don't want you don't know how good it felt when I prayed that prayer. When I laid it all aside. When I laid it down and I knew I had messed up. But I turned back to God. And I followed after him in faith the rest of my life. And I want you to do the same. Man, we got to start running. We got to get up out of our seat and start running again. Folks, we get so comfortable that we just go to church and we just go home. We do our daily devotion. That's about it. But there's so much more that God wants from us. He's got a plan, He's got a purpose for your life. There's, there's somebody that He wants you sharing His gospel with. There's somebody that he wants you discipling right now in his word. There's so much that he wants to do in and through you, but you've stopped running the race. And this morning he wants you to get back up and say, okay, God, I'm going to run. I'm going to run today. I'm going to get back in the battle. I'm going to fight the fight. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to do this thing. I'm not too old. I'm not too young. I'm right where you've got me you have a purpose for me today right now and so I'm going to run that race and I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus I'm going to put blinders on like they do with horses I'm going to put those blinders on and I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you Jesus I don't want to turn to the left or the right I, I want to keep my eyes fixed on you because you are the founder and the perfecter of my faith I believe in you oh God God, I'm going to remember all that you did and get me here. Get me to this place where I can have this faith. Where I can believe in you. Where I can follow after you. Because of all that you did for me on that cross. I'm going to remember that. Let's all stand today. Heads bowed, eye closed. I don't want you looking around at anybody else. I want you to get with God this morning. I'm going to just ask right now, I, I, this morning, I, I just want you to find a place with him. I, I don't care whether it's at this altar, whether it's at your chair, whether it's standing, whether it's kneeling, whether it's sitting down, that's entirely up to you. But I want you to find a place with him and say, God, I need to remember this great cloud of witnesses. I, I need to lay aside the sin that's weighting me down, this thing that's holding me back from what you want me to do. And God, I've got to start running the race again. God, help me to get up and run and be in the battle and fight the fight that you've called me for. And God, to get my eyes fixed on you once again, remembering all that you have done for me. Can you do that this morning as the worship team leads in a song? I just want you to find a place of prayer this morning. Find a place where you can get along with God and make that commitment back to Him once again this morning in faith. In Jesus' name. Amen.